Hello, Supernatural Explorers. Welcome back. About two months ago, two different people reached out to me for distance work, the type I mostly did when I was anonymous, checking for and dealing with any attachments to either people or places, bad juju, stuff like that. I intended the episode to be a snapshot of a typical night's work I used to do when I first got into this work. Also during the show, I reconnected with my Norni again and my Sasquatch friend and <laughs> the original title for the show before the light bulb went off in my head was going to be Mama Cass and Friends. In re-listening to the recordings this week to get ready to edit and post them, I realized a theme I'm starting to become more curious about that I'm calling spiritual badlands. Locations where whatever was there, buildings, etc. are no longer there but the land itself holds some residual energy, a memory of what happened that can affect those who are sensitive to such things. A very good example of what I'm calling a spiritual badland was on a podcast from a few months ago. It was on a Beyond the Darkness episode from November 10th, 2019 called Deja Vu and Timeless Encounters of the Supernatural. They had on guest Bruce Olav Solheim, who among other things, being a professor and an author, is also psychic. And there was a time in his life, a few years back, let's say, when a filmmaker was interested in taking Bruce around to different places, not really telling him too much about the places, and seeing what he felt. And I remember this story. The filmmaker takes him to this one place. I think all he said to him was, bad stuff happened here. That was it. And he goes, and it's just some land, a post office in a Chicago suburb. Bruce is looking around. He starts to see stuff from maybe the late 1800s, early 1900s, because he, he has those kind of, I guess, visions. And I, I think I remember him saying he saw a guy in like a cowboy hat or a overcoat and a, some kind of hat. It's just kind of looking at him. And oh, the the... the the guy with the cowboy hat and the coat wasn't actually there. He was just seeing like a vision of him. I think he said he gave him a funny look or something. I remember Bruce saying he, Bruce himself is a big guy. And something energetically knocked him to the ground. And he felt like the life was getting sucked out of him. And he told the filmmaker, don't ever do that to me again. Don't ever not give me a heads up. And he found out that that was the site of what is known as the Murder Hotel. I never heard of the Murder Hotel before this episode. So I looked it up on Wikipedia, and as I said, there's just a post office there now, so the hotel's not even there anymore. So, And he was just walking around the land. He wasn't in a building. I pulled this off of Wikipedia just a little bit about the Murder Hotel and its owner, and this is from 1800s, late 1800s. H.H. H. Holmes was an American serial killer. When he confessed to 27 murders, only nine could be plausibly confirmed, and several of the people he claimed to have murdered were still alive. He is said to have killed as many as 200, though this figure is only traceable to 1940s pulp magazines. Many victims were said to have been killed in a mixed-use building which he owned, located about three miles west of the 1893 World's Fair, supposedly called the World's Fair Hotel, informally called the Murder Castle though evidence suggests the hotel portion was never truly open for business. Besides being a serial killer, Holmes was also a con artist and a bigamist, 
the subject of more than 50 lawsuits in Chicago alone. H. H. Holmes was executed on May 7, 1896, nine days before his 35th birthday, for the murder of his friend and accomplice Benjamin Pizel. During his trial for the murders of Pizel, Holmes confessed to many other killings. So I'd read some other stuff on it in other places, and the murder hotel was like a, a little madhouse, horror house, trap rooms, reports of like people going into rooms and they can't get out, and then gas coming out and killing them, stuff like that. So a horrible place, serial killer, place isn't there anymore. I read from uh, another article what happened to it. This is from Bustle.com, an article entitled, Can You Visit H.H. Holmes Hotel? The murder castle isn't what it used to be. And this is what they had to say. Those interested in taking a haunted tour of the base of Chicago's most infamous serial killer will be disappointed to learn that Holmes's hotel is no longer standing. According to the Chicagoist, an aspiring entrepreneur purchased the building after Holmes was hanged for murder, intending to make it into a tourist attraction. On August 19, 1896, at 12.13 a.m., a railroad night watchman spotted flames coming through the castle's roof. Seconds later, explosions blew out the first-floor windows, and the fire was out of control by the time help arrived. Ninety minutes after the fire was reported, the roof had collapsed and most of the building demolished. The source of the fire was not determined, though it's possible that some neighbors may have rather seen the building destroyed than turned into a circus. So this is an example of a Badlands. The place isn't there anymore. It's well over 100 years past any of the events happening. Bruce goes there. He's a psychic. He gets knocked to the ground by the horrible energy and feels like the life's being sucked out of him. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, this ties into my episode. So two different people reach out to me. They want me to check them. One of them wants me to check a home. They want me to check for attachments. And it's what happens during all of this where a piece of land or an area draws me into it because it seemingly wants to tell me a story or bring what happened there to my attention and so i'm going to now go to my original recording <laughs> we'll now bring you to the original recording already in progress and then when i get to the part where i talk about the land i'll come back again and talk about what i could find about the land So, I'll be back, but let's go in. Hey everyone, Kurt here. Taking it down a few notches tonight. Getting started a little later than usual and I don't want to wake Jen up. So, I'll hold the mic a little bit closer. Be a little quieter, but hopefully uh, you can still hear and understand me. Tonight I'm pretty excited about. Tonight reminds me of when I was like six months, a year into the work, really doing it every night. And this is what a typical night might have looked like. I'm doing distance work at a request for two different groups of people, one a mother and a daughter, and the home, and another girl who reached out to me who's concerned about a bunch of her friends. And I'm very grateful to all involved for giving me permission to record this and share this. And I'm also going to do a follow-up on Minorni, because if you've been following along that story, Minorni originally got to heaven with the surprise of like, wow, this is real, and having to bounce that energy out. 
and then realizing, oh, she had done well in life, and there was like a gift of more responsibility, of elevation. And then she chose to graciously accept that gift and then needed to balance out. If you're ever leveled up, you then need to rebalance. So if you learn something, you level up because you put the work in and now you're afforded like a higher plane of existence, more awareness, more responsibility. You have to balance all that out. And then once you're settled into that, then you can look for your next lesson again and level up again. So my Noni already, I felt they're arriving there, balancing that out, leveling up, balancing that out. And now let's see where she's at. Is she all balanced and now flying about and saying hi to everybody? Or is she still putting the work in because she really wants to uh, grow and advance while she has the opportunity? It's very fascinating, I think. Very fascinated by all this. Exciting possibilities coming up. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts lately. And what's really got my fire going is uh, there was a, a podcast called The Supernatural Sasquatch or something like that. And we're talking about Supernatural Sasquatch. Uh, people talking about distance work. And that's what I'm doing, distance work. People talking about um, vortexes. Vortexes are coming up for me at different angles and I've dealt with portals before. And then there was another podcast I heard. I think it was uh, one of Tobe's older episodes from Strange Brow where he had this gentleman on and he was talking about he has my view of Sasquatch. Interdimensional spirit light being that can come and go in this plane of existence. So the stuff's all jiving with me. It's all out there now and I feel like I want to get out there too and join the fun, the party, and more importantly, the lessons, the education, and the exploration of all this. And what it means for us, what it means for them, and what it means for humanity, civilization, the universe as a whole. So, exciting stuff coming up. And I want to give a Tuscarora Sasquatch update, my Sasquatch friend and teacher. At the end of last night's work, as I was wrapping up, before I got up at my meditation spot, I felt our Sasquatch friend come and visit me. That's the first time I felt him coming to see me. And I felt him coming in from my crown down through me and helping to balance me out, which I thought uh, I was very touched by that. I don't have many spirits visit me. I'm usually the one reaching out. So to have him reach out to me, I felt... Uh, I was honored, and it felt good. (laughs) Not just that it felt good and that I was honored, but it was balancing my energy, like giving me some energy. Because I was tired after I was done last night. And then when I was just prepping now to come into my space to do the work, I connected with him again, and then I got this... I got this sense that we're on the same team. Like I always say my spirit team, my spirit team. I just, my spirit team is everything that's good, divine, intelligent, loving. So I don't know who's on that team, but I imagine there's infinite spirits on that team. And so the sense I got when I was connecting with our Sasquatch friend tonight was, well, we're on the same team, man. Like, ah, that's why you're being so cool. That's why I like, Everything seems really cool. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. 
the mother-daughter home combo. The gist of it is the mom, Erin, reached out to me because she had just been visiting with her daughter who's suddenly experiencing some health issues. Seems like of a more serious nature. So the mom reached out to me asking if I could check the daughter, her too, because they'd just been through an exhausting time. And why not the home? To see if anything was going on. I did this the other night. The daughter, Amy, she felt heavy-hearted. As if you were told you got something going on, then they're trying to figure out what it is, and you know something's going on and it ain't right. You might be heavy-hearted. So that wasn't a far stress. She bounced out pretty nicely. It took a little bit, but she bounced out. Her energy bounced out. Aaron, the mom, checked Tara also. Yeah, just what you imagine exhausted energy would feel like, tired energy would feel like. And then the home itself, I didn't feel much, but then I balanced them first and then checked the home. I do this in real time, actual time. I don't read the future or the past. I only read the now. That's the only energy I know how to read currently. And so after balancing both of them out, I checked the home. Didn't feel anything in the home. And then something odd happened. I can't remember this specifically ever happening before. Like, as far as I was concerned, I did what was I was asked to do and would seem reasonable to do. Check Erin, her daughter Amy, and the home. The daughter's home. Didn't feel anything. I was about to move on with the session, close the session, and I felt the ground beneath the home pull me in to, like, show itself to me, and the the ground below the home, the energy below the home, whatever kind of memory or can be going on in a, in a piece of land, off balance, heavy, strong, powerful, not very off balance, but the power of the energy. Think about it this way. A really violent wind's not going to mess you up too much. Now, it's a lot of movement, and, but it's so light, the movement doesn't do anything. Where one slow-moving 20-foot wave can, yeah, send you for a loop, knock you off your feet. So it's not necessarily the speed of things and of things being off balance that does it as much as a combination of the speed and the momentum, the power behind it. Now the energy of the land, the power of that was tremendous and slightly off balance. And I, I couldn't help but have the intuition well, if I was living here and I was just prone to something health-wise, I could see that setting it off. So that bounced out over, I want to say, 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't remember ever balancing a piece of lands before. But I got to go back. I'm going to check Amy. I'm going to check Aaron again. I'm going to check the house again. And then I'm going to check the land again. And if the land's... What it was before, as professional as I can be and, my, and as uh, reasonable as I can be, I wouldn't want to live there. I'd recommend she moves and see how that affects her health. I mean, when it comes to health, you got to look at all factors. And if I'm feeling such a, like a wanky, uh, powerful, off-balance energy, I wouldn't live there. I would sell my house and move. So I would just, I guess I could say that. I don't know. Uh, let's see what we find. Let's go with, of course, Amy first, the daughter. Hmm. I'm so curious what her experience is. This is exactly what I feel from Amy. I feel energy coming in in waves through the crown of her head. 
the waves feel about as wide as our head, maybe a little narrower than the, the top of our head. They're coming in through the top of our head. Uh, they're slow. They're soothing. But they're slightly off balance. And so that's what I feel. How would I interpret what I feel? If she has any faith, any belief in something greater than her, she's kind of like trying to stay connected with calling on, calling on it, open to it feeling it, the piece of it, but also still a little like, I still don't know what's going on. I'm still a little nervous kind of thing. I wonder how much that would resonate with her. So she feels pretty good is what I'm saying. She feels like she's uh, reaching out for help, getting help, experiencing the help, benefiting it from it. Let's see if we can help with that little extra further balance. Hmm. She's resilient. Uh, really, someone who balances in 30 seconds always impresses me. Wow. I don't even know how to describe what I'm feeling now. Uh, very focused beam of light coming through my crown, the crown of my head down. And I'm not experiencing that. I'm connected with Amy and feeling what is happening for her spiritually, energetically. It feels like a little edge of her nervousness smoothed out. And that allowed for not just the energy to come in through the crown, that kind of divine spiritual energy come in through her crown and help soothe her. But like it really focused it as if to say, don't worry, don't worry. I can't feel the receiving of that, but I feel like a wave was coming through and now a beam's coming through, almost like focused reassuredness. Yeah, all right. She feels as good as she can feel. It feels as balanced as it can feel. I hope that translates over into something physical for her, where she can really experience peace more. All right, let's move on to see how Erin's doing. Amy's mom, Erin. I'll tell you what I'm feeling, and then my interpretation of what I'm feeling. So I feel all my energy, all her energy, centered in the the middle of my brain. And I almost feel like uh, clamped down, hands on it, like... Imagine you had all these thoughts about learning your daughter may have some issues and all even all the going visiting and going to appointments and everything involved with the concern and the actual physical moving around and all that other kind of stuff. Take that all together and imagine all the thoughts it might create in you. Now, grab them all from going everywhere and thinking everything and, and just center them, hold them. Hold them balanced and steady. That's what it feels like. What I would say if I was in that situation and feeling the energy like that in my head, something I might say is like, I got this. I got this. I know all the things I could think. I know all the places I could wander. I got this. I'm reeling in all my thoughts to the center of my head and I'm not letting them get a word in. I know what they are. I know that they're there. I'm clamping that down. I got this. So... The only thing I'd want to do is see if it could become lighter. It feels solid, good. I don't want to say strained, but it doesn't feel sustainable. So if it can just have everything clamped down, but soften the clamp, soften the grip, that would be, uh, I think, a nice, nice little gift. <laughs> I actually got this once in person, so I, I recognize what I'm getting. I'll tell the story and then I'll get back to this. When I was uh, first starting out and doing some volunteering and 
a hospital and I remember a patient was in for something with their lungs and I already knew at that point, I think I said on another show, like I'm a version of Robitussin. So that I was having someone with a lung issue and I was going to give her Reiki. I was very excited. So I'm giving her Reiki and about two, three minutes in, she stops me and she goes, she was very gracious. She goes, excuse me, I feel what you're doing and it is relaxing me, but I'm getting relaxed so much that I'm starting to worry about my breathing. So can you please maybe come back another time? I understand what she was saying. Like she was in for breathing issues. She was becoming so relaxed. I, I, I could see what she was saying. Like she wanted to be more awake and alert and like with her breathing. Not so relaxed that she has to be concerned about her breathing being too relaxed. I get it. <laughs> so, so what I felt like when I came in on Aaron is I appreciate you coming to visit. I appreciate you trying to help. This is the way I have to hold it. There's no relaxing the hold. This is the hold. This is the hold that works for me, at least in this moment. So I, I respect that. Offering help and not attaching myself to the outcome of the help, I found is a very healthy way to do it. Uh, and not take offense when people say thank you, but no thank you, because it's about what is optimal. It's not about what I desire. So let's check Amy's home. Let's check her home. Yeah, her home just feels pretty neutral, and I was about to just say neutral. Slight towards heavy-ish. Maybe it would make you more tired than usual or something. Nothing dramatic heavy, nothing too powerful heavy. Just I was even almost about to say neutral, and then I kind of felt like a slight, like, no, wait, there's something there. But not bad. That can be anybody's house on any given day. Ah, now the thing I'm most curious about just my guess is, this is my intuition, or I got a message about it. If the onset of some kind of physical changes or issues and living here also kind of mirrors that and the land feels the same as it did the other night, uh, again, yeah, it's just going, stop the talking and going. All right, yeah, now. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like there's, I started feeling a very heavy energy, and then I even felt like old pirate movies, like the big chain shackle thing on my ankles, like pulling me down. Now, the energy in this land, I don't know what went on. I don't like to leave, if I encounter energies, merge with energies, experience with energies, I like to leave them. We're going to be revisiting this place over and over, kind of like we did Patrick. Checked on him, checked on him, checked on him, make sure he's okay. Patrick from Pandemonium. We will revisit the land. I'm going to see what I can do now. You know what? This is a good way to tell how things are progressing. I know it took about 20 minutes the other night for the bounce to occur of the land. If it takes 10 minutes tonight, that's promising. Five minutes another night. Two minutes. Bounce, come back again, bounce, come back again, bounce. Great. Hopefully I can get an intuition. Or, again, like maybe I can look up some records on the land, the area. Why is this land so burdensome? Burden, 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 <laughs> burden, burdensome. Wow. Do you ever have a word that you know and then it just becomes funny to you? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, maybe hopefully we'll get an intuition and message at some point, but let me see how long it takes to balance out this property. Yes. I'm voluntarily going back in the shackles. 
to balance the shackles, yes. Yeah, the energy is oppressive. It's just, it's oppressive. What happened here? What? Why is the energy of the place like this? I feel strong emotions coming up. I feel like I'm going to cry. I feel like I'm going to cry. Like Very strong emotions are coming up in me. What happened here? It's a very sad place. Yeah. Tremendous sadness, tremendous sorrow. Hmm. Well, experiencing emotions releases emotions. It releases the energy of the emotions. It releases the the lessons, the messages, so I have to experience them. I feel very heavy-hearted and I have tears running down my face. And I have to say, with the experiencing of the emotions, the emotions are slowly lightening. Wow. Hmm. To me, this just proves how alive everything is. I had this thought this other day. I posted it on Facebook. Yeah, the work is still being done, by the way. Uh, I still have tears running on my face. It's, the energy's very, getting very light now. i give it another minute or two. Reminds me of something I wrote on Facebook the other day about spirit. Spirit is almost how you define it. So if you think of your spirit, that's good. Get a sense of individualism, who you are. But then if you think of like our spirit, if you think of yourself collectively, something like think of your country, if you have a lot of country pride, that's suddenly in thinking that that connects you with your entire country. It's almost like spirit is what you think of it. So if you're of the belief that the entire universe was created from intelligence, if you want to call it intelligence, if you want to call it something scientific, call it that. But whatever the universe was created from, you can imagine how whatever that is is imbued within everything. And we can section it off to say me or our or every or all, any way you want. And so some of that section would necessarily, logically it seems, be in a piece of land that has in common with it with itself, how it identifies itself, how it identifies its spirit is something happened here to in quotes us. Yeah, so after all that, I wanted to know what happened in this area? What happened in this area that was causing so much emotion, so much sorrow, so much bad juju that really reached out to me and wanted to be balanced out, wanted to be recognized. And I, I remember about the time I was recording the show, I reached out to my very intuitive friend Marie and asked her, I'm like, you getting anything on this area? You intuiting anything on this area? And the only only one word came into her mind, and that was massacre. And I'm like, yeah, that would kind of describe what I'm feeling. That would definitely go along with what I'm feeling. Something bad went on here. Now, I'll tell you this much. It's in Pennsylvania somewhere. I did try and look it up. I found myself turning researcher. I found a site, some PA historical site or something like that, where you can look up old articles back to like late 1700s, early 1800s, up until today. And I typed in the area, and I searched through lots of articles. Couldn't find anything specifically. 
But then I came across a website called explorepahistory.com. And there was something in there that at least helped to explain things from me. It's talking about the time period of the 1750s-ish. And they're talking about Indians, which formerly I think were known as American Indians, which are now known as Indigenous Peoples of the Americas. And they're talking about the Indians versus the colonists. And this is what they wrote from there. And this, to me, would help explain the feelings I felt and what Marie uh, came up with, Massacre. And here's what part of the website said about the history of the Indians versus the colonists. I mean, the title alone should uh, speak to it a little bit. The intercultural warfare that plagued Pennsylvania for the next 40 years had no precedent in the colony's history. Each side committed atrocities against the other, murdering non-combatants, burning homes and crops, and mutilating corpses. At the raid on Kittening in 1756, Pennsylvanians, led by Colonel John Armstrong, destroyed a Delaware village and shot men, women, and children as they fled their burning homes. Vigilante frontiersmen known as the Paxton Boys engaged in a similar bloody episode in December of 1763 when they destroyed the Conestoga Indian town in Lancaster County and murdered every single one of its unarmed inhabitants. During the American Revolution, the Continental Army's Sullivan Campaign marched through central Pennsylvania and western New York, burning Iroquois villages, destroying their food stores. Indians retaliated by conducting more raids on frontier communities and taking captives, some of whom, like Mary Jemison, they adopted, while others, like Colonel William Crawford, and the prisoners taken at the Battle of Wyoming, they tortured and executed. So, atrocities on both sides. To me, that would be massacre. I'll tell you this much. Central Pennsylvania is where the land is that I'm going to be calling, from this point forward, Amy's Land. So, not a haunted place like a haunted house, a haunted insane asylum, a haunted, you know, there's nothing there anymore, like... The murder hotel isn't there anymore. There's a post office there now. There's just some land. Whatever was there isn't there anymore, but the land still holds the memory, the energy of what is there. So I I think spiritual badlands is going to become an ongoing thing. What I'd really like to do, yeah, I want to visit these places from a distance and in person where possible and help take them from badlands to good lands and... Amy's Land will be showing up in other shows where I will also be talking about vortexes and portals and we're going to see what we can do moving forward to help these places. I know there's a lot of them out there. I wish I lived in the Chicago area. I'm eventually, I'm waiting for just signs and things to lead me that way. I'm hoping that signs will lead me to just through listening to the podcast that there's Somebody who's really interested in the Chicago area, who lives in the Chicago area, who's maybe a well-known psychic in the Chicago area. Someone who can go there and reconfirm that, yes, this area is still a horrible, hellish, bad land area because of what happened on the land. And then I'd like them to go, confirm that, me and my spirit team to do what we can to balance it out. Person to go back and see if they feel any difference. 
I feel a lot of work is done on my end would be reassuring to know that other people are experiencing these changes. I mean, pandemonium would be an example of a badlands because the town isn't there anymore. Except pandemonium isn't bad. Pandemonium is wonderful to me. At worst, it's been slightly off balance, a little this and that. But pandemonium lately with Sadie and Patrick and my Sasquatch friend and everything going on there feels wonderful. So to me, it's not a badlands and I don't know if it ever was a badlands. Haunted, maybe. Ghosts, spirits hanging out there, definitely. Sasquatch activity, definitely. Badlands, no. So, all right. Now I'm going to return you back to the rest of the show. I'm not going to sound the move alarm yet, but out of due diligence, I'm going to check the land again tomorrow night. And if it doesn't, I don't know how long I'd give it. I I, got to inform them and see what they want to do. Me, I wouldn't jump the gun on selling my house. Bounce quicker tonight than it did the other night. Feels good now. If I check back tomorrow and it feels good, that's promising. And and then if miraculously, relatedly, health issues start to go away for Amy, well then, wouldn't that be fascinating? Or maybe it was all just a coincidence. I don't care what it is. I just hope everything goes back to healthy and happy. How's that? How's that for as neutral as possible? But you know my beliefs, so <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you have yours too. Everyone everyone should have their beliefs. Okay. Land now just feels solid, balanced, grounded. Like you'd want to live here because life can make us all a little frayed and frazzled and now the land feels like it'll ground you, balance you. You know, so if something's powerful and it's off balance, think about how much more powerful it is when it's balanced. I hope that makes sense. So now at an off-balance piece of property that's not really balanced, you could say if the property stays that way, if it, hypothetically speaking, if it was the land and the energy of the land that contributed to issues, health issues, and it had a certain power to it, then a balanced piece of property would emit even stronger vibes and healing vibes and could definitely counter what it caused. I like that hypothesis. I do. Okay, so that's it for Erin and her daughter Amy and the home and the property for tonight. We'll definitely check back on them another time. I follow up. If you like me, you want to know what I want to know what happens. I want to know that people are okay and that we're leaving them okay. All right. Now, from when I was doing my anonymous work, I had someone reach out to me. Cassie was concerned about her friends. And then, uh, she was so nice. She asked about her friends first. And then later she goes, oh, can you check me till you're at it? That's a really nice person. Happy to help her. So let's, uh, she wanted me to check her friends first. So let's check her friends first. And yeah, I'll, get, I'll just go there. I may have said it before, alluded it to it. It may have been part of the Pandemonium episode of Woody. It may have come up. I can't remember. A lot of my experiences is in checking people's, where, I guess, where people's spirits are at. Yeah, they're energy too, but they're spirits. And then if anything might be kind of glomming onto them, energetical or otherwise. So that's the kind of the the way in which Cassie approached me. And so that's kind of what I'm checking everyone for. Of course, we're going to balance everyone as we come across them. But if anything's attached, we're going to take care of that too. It's rare to have something, people to have something attached to them. So I'm not expecting it. 
So three girls and a guy, and then Cassie's a girl. Okay. So we checked and balanced all of Cassie's friends as best we could, and I was happy to find that nobody had anything attached to them. All right, let's check. Uh, we'll call her Mama Cass because she's concerned about her friends and wanted me to check on them. So, Cassie, let's check you out and see how you're doing. Hmm. No surprise. Cassie feels <laughs> the most balanced. Cassie feels very uh, balanced throughout. Really nice grounding. Impressive. Impressive to have both. Uh, activity in the upper parts, crown, uh, third eye, even in your head, uh, right and left hemispheres of your brain, and a nice smattering, a kind of lighter energy, tingly, with a solid grounding. Nice. You don't have anything attached to you. Cassie, you don't have anything attached to you. I, I wouldn't imagine with that kind of energy, you'd have to worry about that ever. Think you're okay. Think you're golden. Think really nice. You look out for your friends. I'm I'm just gonna check in on your grounding. Is it sustainable? Is it maybe too much down there, or is it exactly what you need? So I'm just gonna fill out your grounding and see if it wants to redistribute or if it just wants to stay where it is. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I felt that mostly in your feet. It went up to like uh, your root chakra starts at. The bottom of your spine, I guess. The root chakra starts at the bottom of your spine. But then I guess it extends down to your legs. Your grounding chakra extends down to your legs. Most of your energy through your body, tingly, light, spread throughout pretty evenly. But then your feet were very heavy, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm balanced out, but I really like to feel grounded more than anything else. And then when I offered like, hey, would you want to you wanna come up from that? You want to spread out a little more to the grounding? It came up to like your root, so where it begins. So it didn't go beyond the root. Got like a joking like, how's this? Is here good? In other words, your energy, a large amount of energy likes, you like having your feet on the ground, it feels like. Yeah, your grounding's happy where it is, and the rest of you feels lovely. Nice job, Cass, balancing out all you're doing in life and feeling so energetically well and looking out for your friends. Ah, and now finally to wrap up the show, Norny. Let's see how you're doing, Norny. Okay, this is exciting. I haven't seen her for a few days now. Seen her. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her for weeks now, but I haven't sensed her for a few days now. So. She just, she feels exactly like her now. Came upon her the first time, excited and balancing. Came upon her the second time, meditating, grounding, putting in the work. Now she's naughty. She's like, yeah, I just feel my grandmother. Hmm. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine with what I'm feeling now, that she's free and clear and free to roam in me. I expect her to be appearing in my dreams sometime soon. I expect to feel her often. Lonnie, give me a sign. I don't need a sign. I can feel you. <laughs> but for the for my listeners, 
come on, something fun. I'm not going to put a timeline on it. Just as long as you're a recurring guest on the show, let's um, have a sign sometime that's reasonable. That's be fun for the viewers, okay? My listeners, rather. All right, Naughty feels just wonderful. Just how would you feel if a grandmother that you loved visited you in spirit and you could merge with her spirit and feel her spirit and she's in heaven now? How would that feel? That's how it feels. <laughs> how does one describe such a thing? Joy, uh, enlightenment even, uh, love, comfort, family, all just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. Hey everyone, Kurt here. I had to come back again because this is just crazy. I recorded these shows about two months out and sometimes stuff comes to me after the fact when I'm putting all the pieces together. So here I am talking about Nornie, asking Nornie to give me a sign, something fun. And while I'm editing this show and I'm almost wrapping up editing the show, if something comes into my mind where it's like, wait, remember Marie? Marie was texting you about Nornie? And that she was getting visits from Norny. So I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So then I look back on the texts and... Alright, here we go. I I got chills right now. (laughs) Chills. The night I taped the show, the next morning, Marie writes me, Oh, some random question. Does a brown horse mean anything to you? I think a toy or an ornament or something like that. I'm just trying something at the moment and I thought he got Norny and I saw a brown horse. So Marie got a vision of Norny and a brown horse and I talked to my mom and my aunt and I didn't even know this. My mom said that my Norny used to take my mom and my aunt to see a brown horse. But then I talked to my aunt about it and she said, no, Norny didn't take them. My mom and her used to ride their bikes and go see this brown horse. But either way, Norny's talking about a brown horse with my mom and my aunt. How did I not even put that together that day that I just did the episode? That's because I was doing so many episodes, cranking out so many episodes, I was just losing track of everything. It's like I do something, and then as soon as I'm done with it, I'm focused on the next thing already. All right, so that was that day. And then five days later, she hits me up again and says, By the way, I had an odd dream on Friday night that was possibly about your Norny. I'll tell you later when you're free, but I feel like it was something. And then I talked to her. And by the way, I didn't, she didn't know. She knows me. I, People who know me know secret surprises. Like I'll give people little tidbits about what I'm doing, but I like people to be surprised. They can hear the episode when they hear the episode. So she didn't know. I, it's not like I told her I'm uh, doing an episode on my Norni and da, da, da. And then she goes, oh yeah. And I had a thing about your Norni. Like she knew that my grandmother passed away, but she didn't know that I just did a show. And I was asking for a sign for my Norny, and then she's telling me something about my Norny that she didn't know. So that's it's crazy. And then yeah, five days after that, she tells me she has a dream about my Norny. We talked, and it was a dream where three things for me made it. It was definitive that it was my Norny. One, I she goes, you got to show me a picture of your Norny, and I did. And she's like, yeah, that's the woman from my dream. Two, she said Norny was kind of looking her sideways, up and down, not really sure about her. And that's how Norny was with new people. I remember when she first met my wife, she was kind of leery about her up and down. She's just, you're not in until you're in. <laughs> so, And it doesn't take long to get in, but she's she was a looker. 
So Marie said Naughty was kind of looking at her like that the whole dream. And which isn't surprising because Naughty doesn't know Marie. And then also that Naughty kept saying to her, and remember, it's Naughty. It's Naughty. Don't forget, it's Naughty. Because <laughs> that's what we called her. Oh, wow. And I'm glad I have texts and I never erase anything. And the fourth sign that it was Naughty, she was talking about her doll's eyes in the dream to Marie and was kept pointing out the doll's eyes, pointing out the doll's eyes. And I know what that means. When I was growing up in Norny's house, you had these dolls. And to me, they were like dolls with real eyes. Not real eyes, but, you know, <laughs> eyes that looked real. And later on, when she was in a nursing home and then had dementia, she had dolls that had, they had eyes, but they weren't the real eyes. And so I think that's why she was pointing out the dolls. Like, I don't know what, when she went from real-eyed dolls to not real-eyed dolls, but if my Norny was met with it in her later years in life, I could see her saying something about the eyes not being happy with the eyes. So, and that's even more of a precise detail. So I really like that one too. So, crazy. I had to jump back in. Asked Norny for a sign. She gave a sign the next day, and then five days later again, as if to like hit me over the head. And I'm glad she hit me over the head twice because now a little slow on the update here. I'm just getting it two months after while I'm doing this show that I had asked for a sign. So I had to jump back in and tell you that. All right. Last time I'm jumping in, back to the show. Okay. I guess that's it for the show. Thanks for joining me. You know what? As a bonus... Sasquatch visited me last night. Hope you didn't go yet. Let's go say hi to Sasquatch. Alright. I get this. I never felt this with him before. I feel like he's in his... You know, Sasquatch is... If you don't know this yet, uh, listen to some more podcasts, other people's podcasts. Strange Brow had some good stuff on this. More recently, to my memory... Sasquatch is interdimensional. Definitely supernatural. My belief. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going to state this as a fact because it feels like a fact to me. Sasquatch is definitely interdimensional supernatural. So if Sasquatch can be here or as a cloaked figure or an orb or even invisible in another plane. And if they can do that and come down into our plane and go up back into a plane of light on the other side can they go into even higher planes of light and spirit if they can that's where I feel like Sasquatch is right now in his high I go into what I call go into spirit every night quiet my mind so that no thoughts are coming through my head so that all that's left is my spirit I feel like Sasquatch is in his spirit right now like do not disturb, unavailable. And because I could feel his energy and it felt of an elevated state, but just not available. Right, so I couldn't know there was no merging going on. <laughs> so it would be fascinating. Every time I go into the state and there's always, I get, always get downloads. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. So 
when I can't wait to see when he comes back, how different is he going to feel? Because he's been feeling phenomenal and larger and greater. Just just such interesting stuff. So ongoing, continuing stories. A lot of different spirits we're working with, areas we're working with. I hope you're enjoying the show. Feel free to leave feedback anytime on Instagram at the Supernatural Explorer or through Gmail at the Supernatural Explorer at gmail.com. All right, that's the show for tonight. We'll check up on people as seems reasonable and nice to do. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Until next time, peace. <laughs>